just a little bit of pain for for a whole lot of freedom. You know, it's like you you might feel that burn, but once you get on the other side and then it begins to heal, you you come out much more stronger. And if you don't face your fears, they control you. They control you. They they dictate. You know whether you're successful, whether you're happy, whether you're healthy. You know, and 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 you have to push through them. That's the whole thing. Today, we're joined by best-selling hip-hop artist Jeezy as he shares how adversity can be an advantage and how believing in yourself is the key to success. This is the Launch Your Business podcast because we know starting a business is challenging, but it doesn't have to be confusing. Each week, we'll give you the tactical advice and the necessary tools to scale your business without feeling burnt out. I'm Terry Rice, business development consultant and staff writer here at Entrepreneur Magazine. Let's dive in. All right, this is going to be embarrassing, but when I first moved to New York City, my credit score was a 450. And as you can imagine, that made it relatively hard to find an apartment. Most realtors would not even let me see a place. And if they did, they wanted several months of rent in advance before allowing me to move in. As you can imagine, if I could afford several months of rent, my credit score wouldn't be a 450. So how did I finally get an apartment? It was because of my sweatshirt. It had University at Buffalo printed on it. And while I was looking at yet another apartment, the building manager asked me if I went to college there. I said yes. He then asked me if I knew a woman named Rebecca Greenberg. I said, yeah, I know Becky. She got married to some dude a few years ago. Turns out that dude was the guy showing me the apartment. And even though my credit was horrible, Becky vouched for me and my character, and I was able to secure the apartment. And look, I wouldn't say it was the best apartment in the world, but with a 450 credit score, you can't be too picky. I was in a safe neighborhood, and the rent was affordable. My only complaint? Roaches. They were freaking huge, about an inch long, and I swear I saw one flying one day. I'd almost dread turning the lights on because I knew I was almost guaranteed to see one. I also avoided having guests over because of the sheer embarrassment. So how did I keep my spirits up? The answer? Thug Motivation 101. That was the first track off Atlanta rapper Jeezy's debut album. And although we had very different lifestyles, I instantly felt connected after hearing the first verse. And look, I can't rap, so I'll just say it in a somewhat rhythmic way. Here we go. I used to hit the kitchen lights, cockroaches everywhere. Now I hit the kitchen lights, it's marble floors everywhere. Quick heads up, I will never rap on this podcast again, so there is no need to submit that request. Let's move on. Like I said, I felt connected because I was going through the same experience and had similar aspirations. And his encouragement led me to feel that one day I'd have a home which did not feature uninvited roaches either. I just had to believe. That same mindset will work for you as well. And that's why I'm so glad to be chatting with Jeezy today. Born J. Wayne Jenkins, Jeezy's first album with a major label hit number two on the Billboard 200 and was platinum certified. He's since gone on to sell over six million albums. But as you'll learn during our interview, things did not magically transform once he achieved success. In fact, some of his behaviors put him at risk for losing it all. Fortunately, he was able to turn things around and he shares those lessons learned in his new book, Adversity for Sale, You Gotta Believe, which recently became a New York Times bestseller. Today, we'll chat about why pushing through adversity always leads to more freedom, the way forward from rock bottom, even if you don't have any support, and how improving his personal life improved his business and how you can do the same. What's going on, my brother? I'm good. You know, it's funny. Before we chatted, I want to bring up the uh, fact that when I first moved to New York City, I was struggling. 
And literally, when I hit the the kitchen lights, there were cockroaches everywhere. <laughs> so, <laughs> so listening to you in the background saying you gotta believe like helped. But then I realized you also had that in your book. So I'm like, great. Now I don't feel special um, <laughs> for knowing that. But, but thank you very much. I appreciate that. Appreciate you having me, my guy. You know. That's the story of my life, baby. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm st I'm still waiting on the marble floors, but uh, at least there's no roaches. <laughs> so, it's coming. It's coming soon. <laughs> appreciate appreciate that. So um, so let's chat about you and about your book, uh, Adversity for Sale. Do you yeah. mind just sharing what made you want to write the book in the first place, and even starting off with the uh, the subject or sorry the title? Where'd you go with that title? Um, so I go backwards to forward. The title was um. I don't know. I just woke up one day and I was just like, wow, like this is it. Um, because I knew for me, when I started to understand what adversity was, it was a game changer, meaning that, you know, I thought life was just hard. Right. And that's just how it works, especially coming from where we came from. But I started to learn. I started to learn along the way, like, hold up. Like when I got to that situation again, I was smarter. Right. I was more resilient. I started to understand like there's a lot of data in this, you know what I'm saying? It's like data in how I'm losing, right? And it's, it's almost like when you say wisdom, knowledge, you know, it's the difference between the two. Um, I started to really understand, like I started to gain a lot of wisdom, right? And I'm like, hold on, there, there's something about why I'm losing. And when I really started to break down adversity, I started to understand like this is a thing. And this is how, this is how skilled sailors are built, right? On rough seas. And I wanted to lean into that because I didn't want to tell people how successful I am. I don't want to tell you that I'm successful and I'm living this life. And, and that's just the way it is. I'm telling you that I've failed my way into that. So adversity for sale for me was like, let me, let me frame it in a way that you understand that I lost way more than I won, and I'm going to give you that blueprint because that's the one you're really going to need. Actually, let's, let's go take a step back. Help me out with this. Some people just struggle with adversity. They run right. from it. So what would you say to any of our listeners who are going through some adversity and they're just like not willing to face it or they don't even want to put themselves in a situation to challenge themselves where they're experiencing adversity? What would you say to them to help them just, just push through that, that challenge they're having? I mean, just a little bit of pain for, for a whole lot of freedom. You know, it's like you, you might feel that burn, but once you get on the other side and then it begins to heal, you you come out much more stronger. And if you don't face your fears, they control you. Mm -hmm. They control you. They they dictate, you know, whether you're successful, whether you're happy, whether you're healthy, you know, and, and, and you have to push through them. That's the whole thing. It's like they're going to teach you something. But if you don't face them, it's so like, you know, it's like that boogeyman under your bed. You never want to just go look and see if it's really in there or in the closet. Just, you know, you, you got you to gotta face them. You know, you got to face them, you know, face on. And, and, and I tell people, like, if you ain't never faced the devil, that means you guys are walking in the same direction. You never came face to face with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, 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 that's the part of life that we all have to get stronger at because – there's going to be that even when you're successful, there's a lot more adversity, right? It's bigger things at stake. It's more people's lives that you're making decisions that affect. So you have to go through that, you know, and build that muscle so you can be strong and, and you can stand tall.
And even if you make the wrong decision and you feel that pain again, you know that once you go back at it again and walk through this adversity, the other side of that pain, there'll be freedom. Let's keep on talking about your book here because you had these four pillars of success, essentially, and mm -hmm. I'll, I'll read them off. Have a crystal clear plan, be disciplined, mm -hmm. sacrifice, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you got to believe. Can gotta we, believe. Um, I think people might be, you know, they have an understanding of the crystal clear plan and the discipline. I think the sacrifice part is tough, mm -hmm. right? Because whenever someone wants to go through a big change, like, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that. Great. You're still only 24 hours in a day. So what are you going to take away? And I think that's where right. they get stuck. Right. Can you give people some guidance on how they can realize the value from sacrificing and how maybe it's right. helped you in your career as well? Well, well you got to think long term. If you're not willing to do the things that are going to give you a healthier, happier, longer life, then you, you, you're not, you, you know, what is it that you're doing? Right. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not, you know, working on healing yourself, right. Working on your, 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 your physical health, right. Working on your mental health, right. Working on your finances. If you're not willing to take a sacrifice for those things, you're not going to achieve what you're trying to achieve anyway. So that means that your vices and your, your, all these things control you. You don't control them. So mm -hmm. discipline is the, the, the biggest key that I ever had when I was coming up, because that's the reason why I didn't become a drug addict like a lot of my friends at the time. Mm -hmm. That's the reason why, you know, resort to alcoholism like a lot of my family at the time. Um, that's the reason why I didn't, you know, get caught up in my vices as far as women at the time. And I was able to focus on getting out of my situation because I was willing to do something that people don't do today to make sure that my future is better. So when my friends were buying Ferraris and I was saving all my money, that was discipline. When I was taking money and putting my money into my music career, that was discipline. There was a million things I could have bought, but I'm like, I'm staying focused on this because if I do this right, I have my freedom at the end of it. So now on the back, when you see me living my life, you have to know I made a lot of sacrifices there and there was a lot of temptation that I could have went for, but my discipline kept me strong. And even now to this day, my discipline keeps me active. It keeps me focused. It keeps me um, hunger, hunger, having hunger for, for knowledge and continuing to grow and continue to evolve because it's the discipline. I know if I don't have that, I don't have anything. Your point about discipline, I'm big on too, because I believe that discipline is destiny, right? So the habits yeah. you have around your life right now, that's just, that's foreshadowing your future. And if you want to change your future, change your habits, and, and there you go. So yeah. I bad, appreciate bad, that. Bad habits equal bad life. Good habits equal great life. That's how mm. it works. You know, and, and success, that's it. success is habits. <laughs> yeah. you, get, you got a bunch of great habits. You're going to have some, some type of success at the end of that. Like, it's, it's not going to go backwards. But if you got bad habits, you already know. To start a business, what's the first thing you need? Exactly, a big idea. Now, once you have that big idea, you're going to need a technology partner with a network and security to help you get it out into the world. So is it possible to find a partner with all the solutions a new business needs? It is with Comcast Business. They have the largest, fastest, reliable network for small businesses, plus gig speed Wi-Fi to power every employee and all the devices that get the work done. And it will get done because this internet is consistent with 99.9% .9 network reliability to help keep you up and running and ready to succeed. You'll also get next level cybersecurity to help you against attacks. 
Oh, and as your business grows, Comcast Business Solutions can flex and grow right along with you. No problem. It's all on the next generation 10G network. No wonder Comcast Business powers more businesses than any other provider. So, do you have a business you're ready to bring to life? With Comcast Business, it's not just possible, it's happening. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. And you mentioned earlier hitting rock bottom. As much as you feel comfortable, can you just explain what that was like and how you pulled yourself out? I mean, almost like whispering to yourself, you got to believe. How did you believe there was a better way uh, to I move mean, forward? Rock bottom would be, you know, paranoid out of my mind, um, drinking more than I ever drank in my life. Um, the worst health I ever been in my life, my diet was Cristal in the Waffle House. Um, I was just low, depressed, not knowing that I was depressed, um, unhappy, very unhappy, um, trust issues, the, the, not, the trauma, everything. And I just remember being at my lowest point. And, 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 and I just remember there's a restaurant I used to go to that I used to hang out at. And I just remember being in the parking lot, sitting in the car one day and just being like, Man, I just gotta get my life together, man. Like, I just wasn't happy. Like, there, there's nowhere I could go, nowhere I can be, no one I can be around that that gave me any type of hope, right? Mm-hmm. It seemed like the walls was closing in, and I just remember praying and just praying and praying and praying and just telling God if He could just get me out of this place, that I that I could and would do better for myself. And what it really was was it just all caught up with me, my past, you know, everything that I've been through, um, the pressures of what I was trying to do, which was music at the time and get out of the streets. Um, you know, you're seeing your, your, your peers going to prison and getting real time, you know, just all the bad stuff you had done and you like, it's karma and all these things. And, and you're on a hope and a prayer and, the thing that really dawned on me, here I am, you know, I'm, I'm, I thug motivation is out. I'm almost at, you know, 1.5 million records and I'm at the lowest point of my life, right? I should be happy. I should be a superstar. I should be all these things, but it's not happening. And it just really opened my eyes that I needed to do some work. Like I needed to work on myself. I needed to fix things. I needed to, to, Pay, pay attention to what my heart was telling. I needed to find a purpose. Basically, I was lost. And I just felt, I felt like that wasn't who my grandmother raised me to be. I felt like that ain't what I was born to do. And I felt like there was a bigger call and that was was those voices and and those signs telling me like, you know, just just work on yourself, right? But at the same time, keep your faith and just dig yourself out of this hole. And it took a it took a while. Like it took a while. It took a while. And it would be times when I would get out and I would feel good and then I would relapse. Something would happen and that's that adversity again. Something would happen and I'm just like, you know, and then you get to the point, you know, like like I said, like you don't want to ask why, why, you know, you, you gotta keep pushing. And that's what I kept telling myself, man, like if you don't believe nobody's going to believe for you. And I just was like, I know my life should be better. I know I could be a better leader. I know I could be a better father. I know I could be a better brother. And I just kept going at that. 
And, you know, it was a lot of things that I had to face, you know, that I had to really like face that, that, that I had to understand that what used to serve me before didn't serve me now. And I just proceeded to walk and proceeded to walk and proceeded to walk. And it took some time and just things just started happening. And, and I started to get more control over myself. You know what I'm saying? More control over my drinking, more control over my partying and my vices and started to you know work out, take care of myself. And I started to get mentors and I started to like substitute all the, all the dumb shit I was doing for like things that I really wanted in my life. Like sitting out having conversations with people and like starting to get quality people around me and, and, and not people around me that, that, that didn't want the best for me. You know what I'm saying? Or, or that I could trust. And it took years and years and years. And when you see me like this right now, that's why I really wanted to sh share my, 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 my story and my message because you can be all the way at the bottom of that barrel, man, but it's still a top. You know, it's still a way out, you know? But you got to believe, though, because I'm telling you all the bottom of my barrel. <laughs> I'm saying I'm the bottom of my barrel. You know, and just think, if I didn't, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. How crazy is that? Yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's crazy because, like, I feel that in your music. Like, I was sitting mm -hmm. in my car. My, my buddy, uh, John Galvin, he had this, like, I don't know, like, a green Mazda. We would just sit in his car listening to your music. Mm -hmm. Like drinking wow. 22s. Couldn't even afford 40s. We're drinking 22s slowly. <laughs> <laughs> like these old Englishes. Um, and oh. listen to your music. And like, now I get why it felt so impactful. It was real stuff. Mm. So, Welcome Back, was that wasn't on the first album. That was on the second album, right? Because that feels like... It was on a recession. It was on the third album. Because that feels like, all right. Like now I'm on top of my game. Like I controlled my vices. Oh. Like you just seem like you were hitting it. No, no, you're absolutely right because it went trap or die. It went streets is watching trap or die. Thug motivation, which was the first album, and the inspiration. So all that time, that's when I was going through everything I was going through. Mm -hmm. the session was what Welcome Back was on, and that's the first album that I recorded that I was. I was reading, I was journaling, I was working out, I was I was fit, I was like I was focused, I was clear, I was like everything was there. Everything. Like I went and read, I was studying, I was everything that I could do cuz I just I just got fascinated by what was going on in the world and I was out to dinner with these guys and they were all concerned about this recession thing and I'm just like what the hell is a recession? So I Googled it and I'm like, whoa, you know what I mean? So I started asking questions and I'm like, how does this affect everybody? And they was telling me and I was like, oh shit, like where I'm from, they call this a drought, right? But it's not mm -hmm. on money, it's something else. So I'm like, oh man, so now I want to put it back in the music because now instead of just telling people what's going on in the hood, I'm understanding what's going on in the world. So you're absolutely right. Recession was the first time in my whole career that I felt like a superstar. It was the first time that I got up every day and I felt like I was on top of the world. And it was the first time that when I walked outside, I can feel the impact that that record had in a, in a, in a major way. Like it was like, it was like, you know, you had my president is black, yeah. you know, this before he won, you had put on, you had welcome back. And sonically, I knew exactly what I want to do with that project. 
Like I, I like when going into it, when I was recording those records, I was intentional about everyone. You may be familiar with Fiverr, the talent marketplace that connects freelancers to companies all over the world. What you may not know is that Fiverr has a business-friendly offering called Fiverr Pro. Gain access to the very best freelancers for your projects through Fiverr Pro's curated catalog of exceptional talent. Streamline your workflow with their user-friendly dashboard where you can organize projects, track progress, save talent lists, and collaborate effortlessly with your entire team. Designed to handle projects of any size, Fiverr Pro is the ultimate freelance solution for your business. And the best part? There are no hidden membership or subscription fees to get started. Find help with your next project by heading to pro.fiverr.com. That's pro.fiverr.com. I wish you were there on election night here in New York City when Obama got elected because first I was at the 4040 Club and they're just bumping my president back to back. And then I went to Times Square and they were playing it there too. So your music was like this reverberating through Times Square on his first election (laughs) night. So yeah, it was like... I hopped in my uh, Lamborghini, the blue Lamborghini and and was driving down Peachtree uh, Road through uh, uh, Buckhead, Atlanta, with the doors up, playing my right. president's back. Everybody's running up to the car, we did I'm just like, yeah, we did. But in my mind, I'm like, cause you gotta think that song came out maybe four months before he won. Yeah, cause I, I remember you said the date, you're like, it's June 2nd, you know, whatever, like whatever day it was, I remember right, right. everything. Like, like, I'm not just a casual fan, you can probably tell by now. But um, <laughs> but yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, but the whole thing was, everybody's like, yo, why would you put that on the album? He's not going to win. I'm like, oh, of course he's winning. Hey, he's so we congratulate you already. I remember. Yeah. Right. Already. And, and 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 I stood on that. And, you know, it also made you look like a prophet, but I, I knew in my heart that he had to win. And, and there's a lot of stuff that we did in the city. And it's crazy because I know he know that that helped as well, right? And they invited me to a correspondence dinner shortly after that. And I arrived and the Secret Service told me I couldn't come in. So I got turned around in New York, came back to Atlanta, was like disappointed, angry, all the things. And about six months later, I'm on maybe like, no, well, maybe like two years later, I'm on tour in Europe and my mom calls me and she goes, hey, baby. Did you hear when the president shouted you out? I was like, he shot me out. He wouldn't even let me in the dinner. She's like, I'm telling you, <laughs> shout you out. I said, well, tell my sister to send the clip. And he, she sent the clip. And he said, my first term, I went with Al Green. My second term, I'm going with Young Jeezy. Oh, wow. Wow. But that let me know two things. One thing is he had ice in his veins because he saw me. Mm-hmm. But the second thing was it let me know that my past, unlike a lot of people who do what I do, it, 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 it was real, and it was real enough for him to know we couldn't stand in the same place while he was in office. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I had to respect that, because I got friends that I know that I love, but while I'm doing this right now, we can't stand in the same place. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. Right. I got relatives <laughs> like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so shout out to Obama, because I respect that. You know what I mean? I respect yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jeezy, this has been amazing. This is actually a dream come true to me, so, so for me, so I appreciate it. Um, but I, I do want to let you go. So, just parting thoughts that you might want to share with our, our audience before we uh, before we part ways here. 
wow, man, just that it's never too late. It's never too late. It's never too late to change. It's never too. Let me take. Let me rephrase that. It's never too late to evolve, and you should. And you should start by giving yourself permission to. And I hope that in every one of these pages and every one of these words, there's something in this book that can help you, um, like it helped me. And that you know, when in doubt, you just gotta believe. You gotta believe. And that's our show for today. You can learn more from Jeezy by following him on Instagram at Jeezy, that's J-E-E-Z-Y. And I highly suggest checking out his new book, Adversity for Sale, You Gotta Believe, available wherever books are sold. Lastly, if you got value from this episode, help us spread the word by sharing on social and leaving a review. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch up with you next time. Apply what you've learned on today's show. You'll find the show notes and more resources at terryrice.co backslash podcast. Again, that's terryrice.co backslash podcast. And the best way to support this podcast is by subscribing, telling a friend, and leaving a review. Also, you can get more tips by following me on Instagram at it's Terry Rice or follow me on LinkedIn. This episode was produced by Josh Wilcox of Brooklyn Podcasting Studio and edited by Dan Lardy. Special thanks to my wife, Dominique, for keeping our kids relatively quiet as I record it. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next time.